0: Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman.
1: Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Holly Rovinger. Uh, she is a best-selling author and empowerment coach. Welcome to the show, Holly.
2: Oh, thank you for having me, Jordan. I'm honored to be here.
1: Let's start with a little bit of your background and how uh, you came to uh, be the empowerment coach you have. And I should also mention that you're the author of a new book called The Simple and Sassy Guide to Financial Empowerment. So tell us a little bit about your history and how you got to do this book and become an empowerment coach.
2: Okay. Well, first, what I like to start with is to tell people who I am not so I don't give the wrong impression. It's my, um, little disclaimer. <laughs> uh, if you will, I am not an accountant, a CPA, a financial advisor, or a financial planner. I am just like every woman out there listening. Um, I basically, uh, career-wise, have had a very full career uh, trained as a uh, dietitian, an entrepreneur. I have a degree in nutrition and dietetics. I have a uh, master's in business administration. And um, the history of it is even I, with my education, did not take an active enough role in my financial life. So one day I was totally blindsided, basically had the rope pulled out from my life. You know, and it's funny, Jordan, you know, everybody remembers where they were when, you know, tragedy happens. Like when Kennedy was shot, I know exactly where I was, even though I was a kid. Um, You know, for me, this was devastating, and I know exactly the spot I was standing in and what I was doing when I found out that basically my life was turned upside down. And just to give the listeners a little uh, more background on the lifestyle I was leading, I like to say it was kind of lifestyles of the almost rich and famous. You know, I had at, at one point a condo on the beach in Hollywood, going out to fancy dinners, fancy wine. Well, basically, bought what I wanted. I, I have always worked and had a career, but it was more because I wanted to rather than I had to. And that's like a big difference psychologically.
1: And why do you tell and, people what uh, happened to pull the rug out from under you?
2: Well, here, here's exactly how it came down. I remember I was involved in an entrepreneurial business, and I wanted to get a credit card in that business name, and I remember calling up the credit company and applying for the card. Like I've you know, done a million times before, and I pride myself on having perfect credit. And I was told right then and there that I had no credit left. And you know, if you can picture that, like, you know, it was like roaring in my ears and, you know, disbelieved look on my face. And I was like, excuse me? And basically I was told that there were too many outstanding loans in my name. I had way too much credit and I was behind on a lot of my bills. So uh, to say I was in a state of shock is kind of And you didn't know
1: this was going on? Excuse me? You did not know this was going on?
2: I had no idea what was going on. And, again, I knew where all my money was. But obviously, I did not have enough involvement or enough of uh, a pull on the strings because what ended up happening is I came home and confronted my then-husband and um, he was almost relieved, if you can understand that, but relieved to tell me that um, what had been going on, how basically he, I guess, along with the financial advisors, had mismanaged all our funds and You know, the hard thing for me was it truthfully was behind my back because I thought everything was where it looked to be on paper. So it was uh, quite shocking and quite devastating to me.
1: And so how did you come from that experience to wanting to help empower women with their financial decisions?
2: Well, I did have uh, many many days where I didn't get out of bed, you know, kind of had the covers pulled up over my head. And uh, many days where I like to say I had pity parties. I don't know if you've ever heard that, that term before. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm human. I went through all that. And then one day I just said, you know what? I'm the kind of person who sees the glass three quarters full all the time. And I said, what can I do to prevent this from happening to somebody else? Because I was definitely one of the women who thought this could never happen to me. And, you know, I will tell you, this is this is kind of a silly little story, but I was watching um, Desperate Housewives one Sunday night, and I really don't watch a lot of TV, but I happened to be watching, and I remember seeing Gabby looking at another woman who used to live the same way she did, and the woman was in a soup kitchen. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, how did she allow that to happen to her? And then, of course, when it happened to me, I felt foolish because, of course, you don't know what's going to happen to you. So, you know, with that said, I my first plan of attack was to create a nonprofit for women. So, I spent quite a few months doing my research, my due diligence, meeting with a small business association, talking to nonprofits, really digging in to find out if I could start this nonprofit. And I wanted to start locally and then spread out nationally, you know, almost creating offices not only to educate women financially, but maybe, to get jobs, you know, extra jobs for them to supplement their present income if they needed it. Well, I came to find out that it's very hard, very hard to start a nonprofit. And I'm not going to tell you I'll never do it. I'm just saying that wasn't, you know, the right path for me right then and there. So, you know, I took a step back and I thought, okay, you know, what should I do now And somebody came across my path that was very involved with online social media. So I I kind of, you know, watched and followed for a little bit. And I thought, you know, this is great. I'm going to learn how to build a business online to help women. And my first project, if you will, or my first blog was to teach women how to be nice to themselves. And I thought that was really the path I wanted to go with that. And it was terrific, And I was getting, you know, a lot of uh, positive response to it. But at one point, I put out a video on financials and how important it is for women to take responsibility for their their financial future. And I remember, Jordan, I had only been online like maybe five or six months, and that video basically went almost viral. I mean, I had almost 2,000 views. And for a new person coming online, that's a lot of views. So... (laughs) I said, there must be something to this. And so I really just dug in, and as it was, I was starting to do my research for my own financials because, you know, by this point, um, and my marital status, I ended up being, you know, filing uh, for divorce. It, it's, You know what it is? It's the aftershocks of the, uh, it's the mistrust and, and so many other things that go into it. It's not the money. It's just everything else surrounding it. So... Every You know, everything had turned around for me, so I was really researching how to turn my financial life around. And I'm a very um, organized, logical person, and I had to think of the steps that it was comfortable for me to learn financials because a lot of the books that are out there are a little confusing for women. And I wanted to make a framework, not that I'm a financial educator, but a framework with references that I could use.
1: So how common is it to have this kind of situation happen uh, to women these days?
2: How common is it? Yes. Oh, it's very common. I mean, the scary thing is for me, I have to say, since I've opened my mind to this whole thing, at least once a week I run into somebody who has a similar situation. And even just as recently as uh, four days ago, my girlfriend sent me a note saying, you know, um, I hope it's okay. My husband was. My husband, uh, her husband is a physician, by the way. So he was meeting with a, a patient, and the patient just started unloading, you know, her whole story. How um, basically all her finances were mismanaged by her or her husband, and they had no money left. So he asked, you know, hey, is it okay if I hook you up with Holly? And of course, you know, she said yes, and so I'm going to be talking to her. But it's fascinating to me that once you open your mind up, you know, it's kind of spiritually that, you know, you want to talk to people and help people, they just keep falling in your path. So what um, typically
1: happens to people in that circumstance today, before they found you, what what happens to women who have been, all their money has been mismanaged and so on? What's the typical path these days?
2: You know, it's it's kind of devastating, Jordan. I think there's a whole um, sector of the population of poor women out there, you know, in their mid-40s on up because they were just blindsided and taken by surprise. There really was no path. I mean, I know two women. Um, one I know personally. The other is just through a friend that, you know, they're on uh, getting on Medicaid and food stamps. And these were women who led a nice lifestyle. So, you know, and it's pretty scary. You know, the other side of the coin is even if somebody is happily married, and um, their finances are in order, women tend to outlive their men 7 to 20 years. You know, those are the statistics. So they also need to be prepared, you know, to be a little more responsible with their money and finances.
1: And why is it you think that women are not that knowledgeable or interested in their finances until something goes wrong?
2: Well, (laughs) women face a lot of obstacles. I've done, you know, a little bit of research on this, and one of the things we don't feel that's our niche, let's say, We don't feel like we're capable of doing that. You know, it's not in our mindset. You know, for example, if I sat down with a group of men and I asked them, okay, who was the quarterback in the 2001 Super Bowl? You know, men are more programmed to think along those lines where women are not, and it's almost the same thing with finances. It's the, what what I tend to call, I know you call it something else, but I call it the Donna Reed syndrome, especially women in my generation, you know, we're brought up, yes, you want to be responsible, yes, you want to have a career, but, you know, don't worry, Prince Charming will take care of you. And, you know, I think relationships have to be viewed very differently today, that you support one another emotionally, but you're building a team financially when you're getting involved with someone, and it's not... A, A prince charming or a princess charming you have to be your own and you know that's the way i see it changing and i think what's happening too is it's not so much that the mindset of young girls is changing either i think their image is changing where they may not see it as donna reed anymore but they may see it as oh you know what maybe i'm hopefully going to make that football player who i know he's going to make a lot of money and he'll take care of me so there's still a lot of issues, and mindset that women need to work through to get to the point they they need to be at. And mindset is critical.
1: Okay, we're going to get into that in more detail in the next segment. Uh, I'm speaking with Holly Rovinger. Uh, She's a best-selling author. Her new book is called The Simple and Sassy Guide to Financial Empowerment. Uh, She calls herself an empowerment coach. Uh, Her website is holly, with an I, rovinger.com, and also empoweringwomenmonthly.com. We'll be back to talk more about her book after this.
3: Up to date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866 472 5790. 866 472 5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. If you lead a team of any kind, you need to listen to this show. Tune in to Leading with Emotional Intelligence, hosted by Esther Orioli. Esther provides you with the tools and techniques you need to harness the power of EQ to stop setting goals and start changing behaviors in your organization. Get the latest concepts in EQ from a top-of-the-house perspective and have your questions answered on air. Leading with Emotional Intelligence is broadcast live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel For more about this, please tune in to Awakening Value, shamanic technologies of consciousness and success with host Marty Spiegelman. Awakening Value is live every Thursday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
0: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's
1: 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Holly Rovinger. Uh, She's the bestselling author and empowerment coach. Uh, Her new book is called The Simple and Sassy Guide to Financial Empowerment. Welcome back to the show, Holly.
2: Thanks, Jordan. So happy to be here.
1: Let's get right into it. You have what you call the seven steps uh, to financial empowerment, and the first one is setting up your mindset and envisioning what you want to do. Why don't you briefly kind of go through what women should do to get the right mindset to be financially successful?
2: Okay, yeah. I mean, mindset is just such a critical part for women, as I was talking about before. (laughs) You know, women tend to face a lot of obstacles, and and one is the mindset – because they have preconceived notions about money and their place in society, you know, just the way they're brought up. They also don't have enough self-belief that they can do it when it comes to finances. And, um, you know, in addition, some of them think that, you know, money is just too complicated, when in truth, if you can add, subtract, multiply, and divide, you really can take responsibility for your finances. And, you know, I, I really like to tell women, too, the biggest financial risk that anybody can take is just to ignore your money and do nothing at all. So if you just even take little steps, it will make a big difference. Um, so, you know, your mindset. Basically, you know, in order to do anything, you have to make up your mind you're going to do it. So, you know, I walk people through a series of questions on, you know, if it's this term has been overused but you know basically what is their why why do they want to start learning their finances because there is so there are so many steps to go through and because finances are so vast i mean there's so many areas that you know once we get to uh the building stage that women can learn about and invest in you know there's sometimes you hit some snags along the way And you feel like you can't do it, so you have to have a strong why. Like for me, my why is so strong; the failure is not an option. And you know, we work through that. We work through the mindset. You know, why does somebody want to have money? Why you know, why do they want to be financially self-reliant and why do they want to be independent? What what are are some of the questions you have to become wealthy? You have to make that decision. It's not just going to happen. You know, the 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 equation is your mindset, you add to that your knowledge, and then you take action, and then, of course, you can have wealth, but you can't get it until you really work through your mindset. And part of it is, you know, setting a positive intention and, you know, almost spiritually just putting those vibes out into the universe. You know, I I like to give the example that... um, I did, and I apologize for the dog barking in the background, I did a, a webinar, a money manifestation webinar on 11, 11, 11 at 11 o'clock. And it was very empowering for a lot of people on there. I, I kind of put them in a creative uh, visualization, like a relaxation state, and have them go through some mindset um, exercises and some um, envisioning exercises. Where do they want to be? Five years, 10 years, 15 years down the road. And... Two days after the webinar, I was offered a, um, a part-time position, and I wanted to get out of the house. It wasn't that I was looking for anything, but it fell into my lap. It wasn't something like I said I was looking for, searching for anything, and I ended up having that just appear before me, which I totally enjoyed through the holidays. And then, in addition, four days later, I was approached with a business venture that I'm doing very well with right now. So. It's positive thinking. It's putting intentions into the universe. It's believing in yourself and believing that you can. So there's a lot of steps and a lot of questions to go through in this step I call mindset because once we work through their making the decision to do this and finding out, you know, what did they learn in childhood? You know, what did they see their parents do, their mother do, their aunt do, etc. You know, we, we go through so many different questions in the past to find out why they're thinking like this now, but then also we go through some exercise of envisioning what you'd like your life to look like. You know, one of the questions I ask and I would pose to your listeners is, if money was no object, what's the one luxury you would allow yourself? And I like that question because it really makes you think and it allows you to dream. And I think dreaming is very important, especially for women. And, um, just so you know, my luxury is I'd have a show for <laughs> if I money with no object.
1: You also talk about having a vision statement for your life. Uh, when people are not financially secure, how's it even possible for them to have a vision statement? Well, they're in survival yes, We're mode, working you
2: know? through their mindset and self belief and it's turning that thought pattern around like I can't or I won't, you know, I'll never get back to where I was to I know I can and I will. And having an abundant money mindset, you know. And then you you recommend
1: people have what you call dream boards. What what does that mean?
2: Well, we, you know, I take them um, really. And if it's a live session, we will do. um, We will actually sit down. We will sit down and make a dream board where, you know, you decide what you want the theme of your dream board to be. Whether it's um, places to live, places to travel. If you want to. Really dream about having a mate if you're single and you want to meet somebody. You decide the theme of your dream board, and we work through, you know, different ways, you know, putting pictures on it and envisioning where you want that particular part of your life to be. Um, Dream boards are a lot of fun, and it doesn't even have to be a board. It could be an album. You know, it could be a little like a scrapbook kind of thing. It's just a matter of putting it on paper. I know one of the women I know took a fake million-dollar bill and um, put it in the middle of her dream board. She did like a money dream board things that you know she wanted to be able to afford in her life. So everybody's is different, and everybody, you know, what's what's wealthy to one is not wealthy to another, and that's another one of the questions we work through is you know what does wealthy mean for you? Definitely. So that's step
1: one is is the whole mindset thing. Step two is taking an inventory of assets and liabilities. What is involved in that?
2: Well, I call this basically your starting point and kind of think of the Wizard of Oz and the Yellow Brick Road. Well, you have to know where you're starting (laughs) before you can get to where you're going. So, you know, this part, taking inventory, is looking, and for some people, because, you know, it's interesting, Jordan, I've spoken to a few divorce attorneys, and they tell me that 99% of the women that come to them have no idea of what they have. And these are professional women, doctors, lawyers, engineers, professors, you name it. So the first step is finding out what you do have, you know, getting control of all your assets. You know, what do you have a brokerage statement? Do you have a portfolio? Do you have an income? You know, getting all those papers together. And uh, simply put, an asset puts money in your pocket, and then a liability takes money out of your pocket. So, really, getting all the papers together. Uh, maybe you own some real estate. You know, maybe you have royalties from something you've published or put together. So, it's just getting that all together and organizing it, so you can see where you're starting. You know, and once you've
1: got that, that you
2: know, inventory don't, don't, done,
1: what is the next step that you should take after you've filled in this whole inventory?
2: Well, I've kind of changed the name of this because. The next step is creating um, your budget or your personal spending plan, and um, I just actually did a video on this last night because I was getting a lot of negative uh, pullback from the word budget. When you think of the word budget, a lot of people were thinking restriction, um, discipline, stress. Um, they, they were getting very nervous with the word budget. There were no positive... Connotations with it, and, and I believe you need to have this because having a plan really helps you make all your dreams come true. You need something, so I've decided to call it your financial freedom plan. <laughs> I, I've changed it, and um, in the next edition of the book, I'll, I'll change the the name of it because I think that just elicits uh, more positive and more dreams, and you know more more things that people are happy to work through. So. Um, You know, people will just work on really two parts to this financial freedom plan. They have to look at what the money is coming in and what the money is going out. And the income involves uh, three three facets, really, what active income they have, if they have a job, do they have any passive income, and do they have any portfolio income. So just, you know, getting that on paper and seeing... Exactly what they do have coming in. Look, some women may have alimony, child support, etc. You just need to document that. And then, of course, you just document all your expenses. And with that, I work through uh, 14 different categories and getting very specific in the book of things that a woman can write down for expenses. But, of course, at this point, we have to take a hard look at our expenses. You know, is it a want or is it a need? And throughout life, things can change from a want to a need. You know, you work hard at a job and you're doing well. Well, a massage could end up being a need. But if you're not Sorry. making enough money and it becomes more of a luxury, well, of course, that's more of a want. So you're, expecting so you're saying to for somebody at the
1: beginning, they should pretty much... Go for their needs, not their wants. It should, should... Well, it
2: definitely needs to be working more towards their needs um, instead of their wants. You know, if you're making it enough and you can afford to do, um, you know, the wants, then that's a whole nother story. But first you've got to work through, you know, hey, this is a need and I've got to do it. So I like to have them keep a spending journal because that, too, forces you to really take that that good hard look and it's funny most people when they keep the journal will tell you oh i've spent so much less this month because i kept that you know it just it just forces you to become you know look awareness is everything and and doing things like this makes you aware of what's going on
1: before we go to break just tell people briefly about the community that you've created and how people can join the community and what they get out of it
2: Okay, what I did was I put together a uh, monthly membership community, and it's very affordable. It's um, either $19.97 a month or $97 for the year. And it's interesting, after I did the webinar the other night, uh, a lot of the people were telling me, oh, my God, you should be charging $500 a year for, you know, the information in the community. But basically it's a way for like-minded people to get together and learn. Uh, I put together modules. Um, They receive a module a month, into their inbox and their email. They would log on to the community. There's lessons in there. There's videos. There's worksheets. And then in addition, I have a networking forum and a bartering forum so people can connect and ask questions of other people. And then also if they have a service or a product they want to sell, maybe can just barter for somebody else's. It's a great way for women to connect. Really great.
1: Uh, Is this unique? There's nothing else like it out there?
2: I think there's different kinds of communities out there, but, you know, my spin and my strength is the way I I can connect with people that most others can never do. And I had to really accept that as a talent, Jordan. It's hard, you know, to recognize in yourself that you have a talent, but it is. I, I, you know, do and I record interviews with people that these women joining my community would never have a chance to meet. So it's an ongoing, revolving kind of community. Like if I meet somebody, you know, for example, I was just on, you know, the Money Answers Investment Cruise, and if I can do, you know, a recording with some of those um, experts, I will bring them into the community as a lesson. So again,
1: what what is the website that people go to join and find out more about the community?
2: um, Well, they can go to empoweringwomenmonthly.com, and it will ask for their name and email, and then they'll be sent a link so that they can join or – If they would like to um, just connect with me first, they can go to holly, H-O-L-L-I, at empoweringwomenmonthly.com.
1: Great. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, My guest this hour is Holly Rovinger. Uh, She is the author of uh, the new book, The Simple and Sassy Guide to Financial Empowerment, and she's an empowerment coach. Uh, To find out more about her community, uh, again, empoweringwomenmonthly.com. We'll be back after this.
3: The Markets up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now toll free 866 472 5790. That's 866 472 5790. Voice America Business Network.
0: Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on voiceamerica.com.
3: The path to leadership excellence begins here. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790.
1: That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Holly Rovinger. Uh, she's the author of the new book, A Simple and Sassy Guide to Financial Empowerment, uh, and she is an empowerment coach. Her website, empoweringwomenmonthly.com. Welcome back to the show, Holly.
2: Thanks, Jordan.
1: We've gone through some of the steps. The next step, you say, is to evaluate your situation. Now, you've already done your budget. You've done your assets and liabilities. What are some of the steps people should take to evaluate this situation?
2: Well, you know, When I originally wrote this book, I had this evaluate section first. And a lot of the women who were, you know, you know, I had like a lot of test people just reading through the the manual to see if it was understandable. And a lot of them got frustrated because when you go through the evaluate section, the chances are you're not going to know the answers. And some people will get very frustrated. But the good news is you're not supposed to know the answers. It's okay. So that's why I moved this to the third section in the book because I write a lot in there like it's okay if you don't know, you know, don't view this as the top of Mount Everest, just look at it as one foot in front of the other. So this basically is going to test somebody's financial IQ this this part of the book and this step in becoming financially empowered. And really when you look about or think about a financial IQ, it's really a blend of what you know about money, what you believe about money, and what you do with your money. And really, if you take two different women starting with the same amount of money and you look at those three factors, they're going to end up with different amounts just because of, you know, what they know, what they believe, and what they do with it. But this really goes through a series of questions that somebody will have to Really, you know, take the time and maybe just do one part of the um, the test every day or the evaluation every day. It talks about your income, you know, simply like do you keep a running balance on your checkbook? Do you know how to reconcile a bank statement? You know, some of the questions are easy for us but may not be for someone else and that's definitely okay. You know, I ask them for some definitions, you know, define an asset, a bill, a liability. A lot of people do not know the difference between gross income, net income, active income versus passive, etc. So, you know, we look at income. Uh, we look at um, questions on expenses. You know, do you know all the details? Do you know what depreciation means? Do you use coupons? Do you do any bordering? Because, really, there's so many different ways to decrease your expenses, so I'm trying to just find out where they're at. So we know where to proceed at this point. Then there'll be some questions on taxes, credit cards, credit card debt, insurance. You know, most of us aren't totally comfortable with the definitions of whole life versus term. So we'll look. You know, we'll look that up. And one of the things that I didn't mention, um, as far as my community, what I do is, starting in the second month membership, I send the women a financial definition of the week, and I send it to them in an audio version. Because I think we learn very well. You know, they can listen to it over and over again so that they can learn the terminology. And and that helps a lot. So, you know, basically going from this stage that we're talking about evaluate, it helps them work through a lot of this vocabulary. You know, And then we you have about, a whole section on
1: investing sorry, basics. Then you have a section on investing basics as well. Oh
2: yeah, we do investing basics, you know, talking about do you know the difference between a four oh one K, IRA? Um You know, Roth, regular, self-directed. A lot of people aren't even aware, which, you know, it's probably more common that you can self-direct your IRA, which is just in today's economy, you know, in my opinion. Again, just as a layperson, I think that's the way to go. You know, different things like that. I talk about compounding interest. Do they know the difference? And, again, for all you you listeners out there, if I offered you a penny doubling every day for a month or $100,000 right now, what would you choose? And what you can do when you get off uh, listening to this call, take out your calculator and start with a penny and multiply that by 230 times and look at your answer and see which is more, the pennies or the $100,000. I think that's a great exercise to go through because it really teaches what compounding means. So we go through some investments. We go through financial future. You know, Do you have a financial plan written out? Do you have your goals? And, of course, estate plans. You know, Do you have a will executed and so and Do you know how much you're going to need to retire? You know, It's just a lot of things that we don't think about. And, really, I think that everybody should should start getting a handle and start thinking about. So, so
1: after you've done the evaluation, your next step is to learn and educate. So this is you've kind of identified your holes. Is that the idea?
2: Yeah, and exactly. You find out where do you need to start self-educating. And for most of us, it's, it's really everywhere. You know, it's just starting and working through it. And everybody learns at a different rate. Everybody learns, you know, from different, different modalities. You know, some people like to listen. Some people like to write. You know, some people like pictures. Everybody has different ways. But the truth of it is, and that's why I think I'm getting such a good response to my Simple and Sassy Guide, is because they do it. They have to actually write it down and do it, and that's the best way to learn. So when you start actually talking about self-education, there are so many different places. You know, you can go to books, DVDs. One of the best things I recommend to women is, you know, we spend a lot of time in the car. Turn your car into a classroom. You know, buy some books on tape and CDs and listen you can, you know, subscribe to some different newsletters, go to educational seminars, conferences, workshops, live events, newspapers. You know, newspapers are a great, great way to start. Um, there's also a site online. I forget the name off the top of my head, but it's a virtual stock market. And that's something, if somebody's interested in learning about the stock market, it's a, you can play a virtual stock market game, which is kind of cool to do that. And, um, you know, you can also get a part-time job or volunteer with a nonprofit agency to see exactly uh, a little bit more about finances because you can work and maybe help them with fundraising. You can interview people. You know, there's really no end. You can join an investment club. There's a wealth of online sites, by the way, on the Internet, and a lot of them are deals specifically for women. And I list all those resources, too, um, at the back of the self-educate portion. There's just so many sites, and new ones keep springing up all the time.
1: So your next step after uh, learning and educating is build, uh, and that means build up your assets and knowledge. What, what kind of things are you supposed to be building?
2: Well, here's what I talk about. I like to change the equation that most of us were brought up with. Um, your income minus your expenses equals your savings. So... You know, if I'm coaching somebody or I'm working with somebody, I try to change their their mindset and their thought process with this to income minus savings equals expenses, so that you are automatically saving a proportion of your money. Because in order to build, you have to have a nest egg to build from. You know, and this is all the stuff that I believe, you know, you talk about and you bring experts together is, okay, once you've built up this nest egg, what do you do with it? You know, there's a big difference between savings and investing, and that's actually a big topic that I work through with women. Um, a lot of people today are so nervous with all the news and everything going on in the world that they're just leaving their money sitting in the bank. Well, think about what the interest rate is. And, you know, you say that risk, risk like, tolerance is I, a big issue, right? Yeah, so risk usually,
1: tolerance is a big issue for women. How, how can they learn uh, to take more risk and still feel comfortable with it?
2: Well, you know what? That's a hard question. Everybody can tolerate a different (laughs) portion of risk. You know, when you and I have discussed this, you know, as conservative as I am, I also know um, no guts, no glory kind of. I have to tolerate a little bit of risk. And I'm kind of balancing out my portfolio, the money that I do have. And we, we do a risk assessment with women, you know, what can they risk can they take and still sleep at night? You know, it's also their ability to be open open to increasing their income and decreasing their expenses. You know, I'm a firm believer of having quite a few different income streams. And I try to work with women on, you know, tapping into their strengths and passions and talents and start making money. It doesn't even have to be a lot. You make a few income streams and then that adds up. So, you know, the building is what you're going to have for your future. You know, you leave the money in savings because you want to have money for birthday presents or you have a little savings account for your vacation, you know, or a little account for your child's education, whatever it may be, but then the building is the investing portion. And it's hard for women to get a handle on this. Like I said, traditionally, this hasn't really been our, our bag, so to say. And, you know, it's funny because I talk to a lot of spouses and the men say, I don't know why the women think we're so good at this. You know, (laughs) we don't know. We don't even ask for directions when we drive. Why do they think we're so good at this? So I think if more women would just step up to the plate and just learn, you know, start this self-education process and become a partner with their significant other, not only will it be good for them, because you know what, Jordan, it's not just about the money. When you learn about finances and you enter in these conversations, it just increases your self-esteem and self-confidence immensely. You say it's so important to team I think a relief to the spouse and then it's it's really good for the woman.
1: You say it's important to team with your significant other as well. You find that that typically is not happening that there's not a full partnership on financial matters?
2: Oh no, no. I just actually it's funny. I just heard a um I think it was on the news or something on the web about how of couples hide things from each other when it comes to money, and they don't generally have that money discussion. And, um, you know, it's important. Go out with your significant other, you know, once a month and and have a a money planning date or a money planning session and discuss where you're at, what you want to do, and make it a team effort. I think if you approach your significant other from the woman's point of view, you're saying to your, your guy, Um, I think you're doing a great job, and my concern is that I'm reading, and the statistics show I'm going to outlive you for a very long time. And God forbid something happens to you sooner than later, I want to be prepared. You know, it's all the way you approach somebody. So if, if a woman approaches her husband, you know, her significant other in a positive way, I think she'll get a lot further. Now, the other side of the coin is if the significant other balks at this and and doesn't want to give you an inch and get you involved, to me, at this point, that's a really big flashing red light. And there's a cause for concern. Because, you know, money is sometimes viewed as a um, power play. You know, it's kind of used as whoever has the money owns the power. And it's really not like that. And... You know, that needs to be changed a little bit.
1: You said it's also important to assemble a team. Uh, So how do you assemble a team in a situation like this where you might not know the right people to go to?
2: Right. This is important, and it's funny. A lot of people will say to me, hey, you just told me to be independent and learn everything. Why am I getting a team? Well, you know, it's the same way as when I'm going to buy a car. I may know what kind of car I want, but I'm certainly going to get advice from people who may own different cars that I like or, a mechanic, you know, or somebody who specializes in this, or my insurance agent. So as a woman, you want to be responsible for the decision, the final decision, but you need your team for advice, and you need a a strong team for your advice. You need a banker, you need an accountant, you know, or a CPA, you need a financial planner, you need an estate planner, Um, I know I'm missing one, Um, but you need to assemble this whole team for you. So. I do give a list of questions that you should ask when you're interviewing people to formulate your team. And it's not something that should be done one, two, three. You know, get references from friends, from family, from people you respect. Go to Chamber of Commerce meetings, you know, local networking meetings, and ask around. Um, sometimes one team member can give you, a, re- you know, a referral for another team member. You know, accountant may know a good attorney. So, you know, that's another way women can find a team a team member. But, women, you know, Jordan, women sometimes get mixed up with this because it's like, oh, I really like that person. They're so nice. And that's really not the only thing you should be looking at. It's probably the least thing. You want to make sure you're on the same page with them. You know, for example, a financial planner. You know, I've asked this to so many people. It, it's kind of mind-boggling to me, and I don't know how you feel about this, but... You know, I've asked, okay, so you're working with this financial advisor. Do they meet or do they live the lifestyle that you consider wealthy that you want to live? And a lot of them will look at me and say, well, no, they're not wealthy at all. So I look at them and I say, well, okay, they can't make themselves wealthy. How are they going to make you wealthy? And that's Very kind good. of like an eye-opener for people because right, we've, got to, take,
1: we've got to take a break, the Holly. Um, my guest this hour is Holly Robinger. Uh, she is the author of the new book. A simple and sassy guide to financial empowerment. Uh she's an empowerment coach and her website is empoweringwomenmonthly.com. We'll be back after this.
4: If you are looking for creative ways to improve your bottom line, tune in to Make Your Move with Alan and Brian Bolio. Their proven track record of helping businesses enhance their profitability will provide the basis for a forum about actionable items based on a business person's perspective. The program will be business talk, but with an economic context, so you'll know how to stay ahead of the game. Make Your Move is broadcast live every Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
1: My guest this hour is Holly Rovinger. Uh, she's the author of a new book called The Simple and Sassy Guide to Financial Empowerment, and she calls herself the Empowerment Coach. Her website is Empowering Women Monthly. Welcome back to the show, Holly.
2: Thanks, Jordan. I'm enjoying being here.
1: <laughs> We've gone through all these different steps. Your, your final and uh, seventh step is to protect uh, your wealth. What are some steps people need to do to do that?
2: Well, and one thing I want to tell you is the reason I put that is because, you know, going back to the story, I guess, to the Vanderbilt's versus the Rockefellers where they thought they were protecting everything, and yet I think the statistics bear out that their wealth or anybody's wealth generally doesn't survive the fourth generation. And one of the things for protection that I like to, you know, especially talk to women and men about is the fact that they should teach their children. Get their children involved in everything they're learning. Do some financial literacy education because that was the whole difference from what I'm understanding between uh, those two families. The Vanderbilts did not teach their kids, so their wealth totally dissipated. Or with the Rockefellers, they did teach their children and the wealth has lasted through many ge- generations. So, one of the, that's one of the biggest protection strategies I like is, um, you know, educating your family with financial literacy, but also, you know, the technical protection strategies are make sure you have a living will, a health care surrogate, um, a do not resuscitate order, durable power of attorney, last will and testament. And some. in some cases, an attorney will advise you to get a trust. And that really depends on your particular situation. You know, it's not a blanket statement. But these are, you know, just general forms that everybody should have in order. You know, for myself, I'm actually in the process now of getting an estate attorney and working through all these. So, again, if Rome wasn't built in a day, we all do one step at a time. Um, One of the other things I like to tell people about just to make it easier for their loved ones is really, it's not easy to think about this, but to try to have a final resting place set up and paid for and have funeral instructions. So that at uh, a time when you know you do pass on that it doesn't become overwhelming for your family, you know as it is you know they're going to be grieving, so try to make that easier for them so you,
1: you you end with what you call the sample road to financial independence, that's kind of pulling all these steps together, or what what actually is that sample road?
2: Well, you know, basically, I just did one for myself, telling you know exactly what my you know uh sam- my you know plan was as far as my education, what I was going to do, what my goals were as far as having, you know, certain emergency funds available, which I talk about in the book, how much savings do I want to protect. And really, everybody's path is going to be different, and that will all stem from, you know, all the factors that we've just gone over, you know, where they're coming from and, and where they're going. And this whole process is completely ongoing, you know, you want to keep educating yourself. You want to keep redoing your financial freedom plan as things change. You want to keep your mind open to maybe a new income stream. You want to keep your mind open to new investments. So, you know, everything kind of evolving and changing and, you know, hopefully moving, moving forward one step at a time. When people
1: hear all of this, all the steps they have to take, do they get to a kind of an overwhelmed position of just all too much to handle all at once?
2: Well, if you look at it that way, yes. And I think that's why traditionally women have shied away from investing and and getting involved in anything with finances. But the fact is that, you know, the way the book reads and the way that I work and coach with them is one step at a time. You cannot think about all this. It just has to evolve one step at a time, and one thing builds on another. You know, again, I'm just starting to get my estate planning and all my documents in place. You know, if I keep thinking about this every day, it'll drive me nuts. So, no, it's one foot in front of the other. And as long as you're making progress, you're doing fantastically. You don't want to feel like you have to get to the top of that mountain in one day. It's definitely a process.
1: What difference does it make to people to have a kind of support group and a community that's doing the same thing at the same time?
2: I think it's tremendous. You know, when you know that you're not the only one, it's again it's that feeling of it's a feeling of empowerment, you know, like-minded people, people you can ask questions of. You don't feel like you're swimming out in the ocean by yourself, you know, you have a whole group with you and if you need, you know, help, support, any anything, you know, as resources, they're there for you. So uh, c- women tend to to like communities, to be part of groups and organizations. So it make it makes a tremendous difference, you know, both educationally, and emotionally.
1: So if somebody takes your program, and again, it's called The Simple and Sassy Guide to Financial Empowerment, what difference in their life, life is it going to be if they go through and implement your program compared to what they're doing and not implementing any of this stuff?
2: Well, they're going to start being proactive instead of reactive to everything going on in their life, and it will increase their self-confidence, their self-esteem. They'll be turning their financial life around, and... You know what? They'll look forward to every day, and they'll have peace of mind. I think the critical thing from working through all these steps, Jordan, is peace of mind and security, which for women is huge, huge. You know, just that peace of mind and, and knowing that, okay, I'm not going to be that dreaded bag lady. You know, women have that fear of growing old and being the bag lady. So working through all this really, you know, takes away that fear and gives people the confidence that, yes, I'm going to be able to have a life, I'm going to be able to retire and and get to the point perhaps that I was before all this happened. So you're
1: saying that some women are kind of fooling themselves and thinking that the husband's always going to take care of these things and they don't really have to worry about all this stuff?
2: Oh, more women than not. Oh, more women than not. The majority think, you know, if they're still married that, um, no, he's taking care of it. It's fine. It's fine. I know I can trust him. I know I can trust him. And, you know, story after story after story, I'll just throw one more at you. I just saw it on a little news clip. It was a high-powered couple where she was a a TV producer. I don't remember what business he was in, but they had an amazing lifestyle. You know, their own boats. I think they had a yacht, this, that, and the other thing. And he passed away unexpectedly. Well, about a month or two after he passed away, she got a bill from the IRS for $3 million of taxes that he didn't pay. So here's somebody who thinks she's living the perfect life, no problems, and look what happened. I mean she's getting out of that because there's a whole thing called an innocent spouse ruling and I don't know. <laughs> that's a whole other show we can talk about, but just goes to show you no matter what and what you think everybody looks so wonderful, nobody knows what goes on behind closed doors. So worry about yourself. You know, take responsibility, get involved in your finances, be proactive and boy, will that give you, you know, so much self-confidence and self-belief.
4: Terrific.
1: Well, my guest this hour has been Holly Rovinger. Uh, her website is hollywithanIrovinger.com. Uh, also, empoweringwomenmonthly.com. We can join her community. Her new book is called The Simple and Sassy Guide to Financial Empowerment. And thanks so much for being a guest on The Money Answer Show, Holly. Uh,
2: my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: And thanks again. And we'll be back with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now.